Okay, let's talk uh, sponsor of this show. Uh, the sponsor of this show is, in every show, is your local no-kill animal shelter. If you like what you hear, please just donate your time, money, or home for meaning adopt for your local no-kill animal shelter. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted with a comma in an uppercase D. It is July 14th, 2022, likely. And I just want to talk about um, bad advice that I have given you. And not bad advice um, because of the content of what I, I, I knowingly recommended but just more elaboration on unforeseen things, reasons why um, uh, my, my recommendations were bad. Now, in general, the best possible fantasy draft you could ever have, ever, is to draft the um, best uh, five-category hitters, or stud uh, four category hitters. Uh, unless there's a great pitcher available, then draft that pitcher. Um, and you basically are just drafting best available with a good amount of uh, bias toward um, certainty um, and uh, not a ton of risk. Uh, do want to add what I'm going to do today is add a little a little more um, not a lot of age either not a lot of injury history um, and not a lot of uh, risk having to do with uh, youth or or old age um, and then trade all your pitchers even give good deals to people you know uh, two uh, top 30 pitchers for you know a top 10 hitter if you can do it or maybe that's not even enough for a top 10 hitter but you know trade so you can fill out your lineup and have nine uh, or ten however many <coughs> excluding the bench hitters that uh, you can fill out on your roster elite hitters so you know your first maybe three four hitters uh, are pretty close to elite depending on how you define elites and then uh, you know you draft some really good hitters but then you pair your sixth round hitter with your eighth round uh, you know pitcher because a, a good hitter wasn't avail a good enough hitter wasn't available in the eighth round so you drafted a pitcher so you pair your sixth round hitter and your eighth round uh, pitcher to get a you know a fourth round type uh, or a fifth round type hitter whatever um, so that you have an unbelievable lineup and then you'll you'll figure um, you'll figure pitching out uh, uh, in one way or another uh, depending on the format. Okay, so that's pretty much unbeatable. However, um, here's the deal. Here's what, what I did um, this year, which is almost as good. I went super heavy uh, pitching, starting pitching, because you can never have enough starting pitching. I reached a little bit, but as it turned out, I, it, I didn't where I drafted. It, 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 I, turned, I ended up getting value. But I had, you know, seven or eight great pitchers. Um, by the time Kyle Wright was breaking out, okay, I had Luis Castillo and Lance McCullers on the IL. I knew they'd be available for the second half. Castillo's already back and, and ripping it up like a top 30 pitcher, in my opinion. And 
McCullers will be back um, in mid-August, maybe. Um, but by the time Kyle Wright had been breaking out six, seven starts, I still had Hugh Darvish, uh, who was doing well, Julio Urias, Corbin Burns, Carlos uh, Rodon, um, Nady Valdi, you know, it was like my fifth or sixth best pitcher. Um, and I have, you know, one pitcher I'm totally forgetting, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like another near ace. Uh, I can't think of them. Doesn't matter. I had Carlos Rodon, Corbin Burns, uh, Julio Urias, Nate Evaldi, Hugh Darvish, and um, somebody else. And then uh, Luis Castillo eventually later came. So... I had about, I had six, you know, basically near aces. I started uh, trading them away as Kyle Wright became very, very good. Um, I had, uh, so I traded like uh, Kyle Schwarber for uh, Noah Syndergaard, who I thought would pick up speed, and uh, basically half of Chris Sale, he was injured bad trade, but I want to focus on where I traded pitchers, okay? Um, I traded you Darvish, essentially for Cody Bellinger. I thought he would bounce back. Just thought I tinkered around with a swing. He was an MVP. In 2020, he was awesome. Um, I believe, right? Or is it 2019? You know, he's an MVP. He, he's been elite like three years out of five. Uh, 2021, he was terrible, but in spring training, he was terrible. I just thought he'd be tinkering. He just couldn't, you know, he's got arbitration coming up. So this is a big year for him money-wise. And and that was, I still would probably, I, I would still do that. Something like that. Even if a guy next year who had been bad for you, a guy that young. However, okay, what I, because I don't think there's a, a, an injury involved there. Then I traded Corbin Burns for um, Jesus Luzardo, who this was after he had, uh, just one great start, but you know, he's throwing like uh, he had like eight strikeouts, five innings, maybe he was even 12 strikeouts in five innings. That seems ridiculous, but um, you know, he's hitting like 99, and uh, you know, he, he was looking at least healthy for now, but he has an injury history, there's obvious, we know that. Um, on top of that, I got Jesus Luzardo and Chris Bryant, and of course, of course, with. Now, Chris Bryant's another one where, I, I don't know, should I have seen it? Did he really have a lot of injuries in the last whatever? But he did. He had a shoulder injury. Not last year, but I don't know. Just injury history. But he was in Coors, uh, Coors Stadium, Coors Field, whatever. So him and a, a potential budding ace, I thought I would actually get uh, the better of that deal. And if they were healthy, both healthy, I think I would. But you know what? They both have injury concerns. Corbin Burns didn't. He maybe had an innings limit because he had a big jump last year. But you know, you can manage that, and you still end up getting quality. So, you know, one or two or three weeks, maybe he doesn't pitch, or or he pitches on a six day ro uh, six man rotation instead. But basically, he's a sure thing. Uh, you think, um, and. Uh, and he has been, and, and Chris Bryan is now doing well, and Jesus Luzardo may come back, and he had about four out of seven great starts, but ace-type starts. Uh, but, you know, the one or the two before went on the IL for, we're going on months now, 
it's it's mid-July and he went on in May um, you know they were terrible and Chris Bryant I had to end up trading um, I gave up Carlos Rodon um, who was pretty freaking elite to an emerging I don't want to say emerging but a bounce back emerging um, Christian Yelich who was starting to hit the ball hard had power at the time and then his power went away he stole bases um, but right now we're finding out that he's in the last two games he's been sitting uh, because of the back injury he's been getting a lot of runs he's uh, you know at one point he was batting like 320 for a stretch of like a month up until recently um, and he's getting a lot of runs and some stolen bases not a lot of power at all he's been batting leadoff and his slugging is under 400 and it's just dude's 30 you know it's like the same um, yeah, I drafted Anthony Rendon around a 100 spot because I thought if he was healthy he could put up second round type numbers third round type numbers in a um, in a 16 team league and he uh, you know he's out for the year or something he's always been injured I mean he's he's not always missed years but he's always played about 130 games 135 40 games until you know that uh, 2019 when he was maybe the MVP but he was uh, you know in a contract year and then he signed with the Angels which seems to be big-time free agents, a kiss of death, but um, he's over 30. Um, what's his face? Kristen Yelich, over 30. It's like, that's what I've learned. Um, pay for certainty. Uh, I thought Kristen Yelich was not a product of 2019. I thought he was a product of um, being in a, a different stadium and uh, maybe just uh, because of that trying to pull the ball a ton more and I don't know development uh, maybe maybe he and, and Cody Bellinger were a product of 2019 um, and and obviously the the ball leading up to that but he's looking like a, he's looking like a 15 25 guy right now and uh, May have to may have to trade him if he goes on the IL. I may have to make a difficult decision about whether or not to keep him or Lance McCullers or even Jake Junis. I mean, how how valuable is he going to be if he's going to look like last year? Um, and I traded uh, you know Carlos Rodon, who's definitely got injury concerns for sure, but you know was dominating uh, was uh, with the Giants. Um, bet on himself and he was been healthy and looking. You know, got his mile per hour up, so he was looking healthy. Uh, whereas Christian Yelich wasn't looking uh, at peak form before. He was looking healthy. He was stealing bases and hitting home runs for a little stretch right before I got him. But so, and then I traded Julio Urias in a in a. Uh, if they were both healthy, I would have won this trade guaranteed. But Julio Urias for Max Muncy in an OBP league. Um, Julio Urias is a three and a half. Uh, monster uh, category monster and I believe Max Muncy would have been a four category monster uh, with OBP uh, supplanting uh, you know the um, whatchamacallit especially with uh, average especially with the um, DH DH would uh, increase the uh, the ratio numbers of Julio Urias 
negatively, and it would affect positively the number of at-bats at and therefore the uh, totals for Max Muncy. But, you know, um, Max Muncy is old. Uh, I, I believe he's over 30. I think he's younger than we think. but Or maybe he's older than we think. I don't know. 31, 32. And, um, and he is uh, he's, uh, apparently either injured, hurt, or whatever, over the hill. But probably almost certainly has to do with the uh, injury, the elbow injury that he had surgery on, I believe, uh, or he needs it, whatever. Complete bust. I basically just gave away. In fact, it's worse than giving away Julio Urias because Max Muncy had the track record such that I stayed with his 156. You know, he did have about a 310 OBP, 320 OBP, um, but his five home runs after three months. Um, April, May, uh, June, yeah. After three months, uh, you know, on a 10 home run pace is, is 60 RBI and 55 run pace um, that he was on for three months. Um, if, if, if I just had Julio Urias, um, uh, you know, I would have put someone else there who'd be better, anybody off the waiver wire. The best hitter off the waiver wire is guaranteed to have been better than a 310 OBP, 10 home run pace, uh, you know, 55 run, 60 RBI pace with no stolen bases. Like, the, I could just pick up hot guys off the, you know, like a catcher and come up with uh, far better than that. So, um, that's a huge mistake. I, I'll never make again if I, uh, I'm not saying I won't draft Christian Yelich or Cody Bellinger or Anthony Rendon, but not to be my starter uh, ever again. I don't care if they're having hot um hot whatevers um but you, you know maybe if they're the my utility guy and they're my 10th best hitter uh, maybe at that point you know how often do you keep your 10th best drafted hitter um so you're going to rotate anyway maybe maybe at that point but never uh, my starting position player um at all uh because especially at like a third base because he's occupying um, a, 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 a positional scarcity, uh, positionally scarce position, well, a scarce position, um, and uh, and the replacement for a utility bat is obviously anybody on the wire. The replacement for Anthony Rendon or Max Muncy um, at third base is is although better than what they produced is um, you know Eduardo Escobar or there's some risk there so. Um, Never to be, you know, my uh, Christian Yelich. Never to be one of my start starting outfielders again. Um, might might work their way into that, but so you know that's what I would do, and I would keep starting pitching as long as um, you can afford to without having a pathetic line. Not a pathetic lineup, but a but a thirty percentile lineup in your league. Um, otherwise, you can get by um, uh, waiting for uh you know a a lineup that is comprised of guys that pop up um can't really think of too many but uh just think of uh, players that right now are popping up as jose miranda he, he's like 10 percent owned because he, he 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 popped out of nowhere last year um was awesome and he, and he sucked when he came up this year but jose miranda at third base right now you know, he's doing real well the last couple of weeks. Um, 
you know, Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt. I, I know they seem like second rounders now, but I recommended popping on them and giving up, you know, like a top 40 pitcher for both of them before, you know, for like a week and a half, they were hitting uh, at a higher rate, striking out uh, fewer times and stealing bases. Um, and they were in the back of the lineup. You knew that was going to be temporary if they continued what they were doing. And I said, it's not unthinkable that uh, these guys are going to be first, second round um, picks next year. Now they look like they are going to be in the top three rounds next year. Um, and to, to pay, to buy higher than high, like buy higher than what they're doing even because of what they'll probably do because of people like James Anderson, you know, just swearing up and down that these guys are phenomenal above their age. Um, what's the word? Um, of uh, whatever um, uh, hitters, um, just uh, phenomenally talented, talented hitters, uh, and you do have to put in some effort to put up a lineup if you're going to draft heavy, heavy um, starting pitchers, and that goes against what I said is the best way to go, um, which is to draft just uh, the best uh, hitters and then the best pitchers, basically best available, cutting out any risk. Right, it's kind of the opposite of what I said because you want to go hitter heavy and build the best lineup. Both of them are almost near the top. Um, the point is, you're going to have an elite one side of the ball, either pitching or hitting, um, and um, and uh, you're going to through the waiver wire. Um, like when you're bad in, in one side or the other, it's only so much. Like you're not going to lose zero to five if you're the worst pitching in the league you're not going to lose zero to five every week. You're not gonna average one to four every week. You're gonna do a little bit better than that. So um, you're gonna be fine. There, there are diminished returns for, uh, 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 there are diminished punishment, okay? So diminished negative returns as you get worse and worse and worse below the average line in, uh, on one side of the ball pitching or hitting. You get punished less and less as you go from the 20th percentile in your league to the 10th to the, you know, uh, zero if you're better than uh, uh, no uh, uh, teams in your league. You're still going to win some categories. Um, whereas if you have a dominant one side of the ball, yes, there are diminished uh, returns going from the second best in the league to the best in the league on that side of the ball statistically even if it's uh, by a fair amount, but it, you're, it's better. Um, uh, it, it's more impactful than is being going from the uh, second worst to the bottom worst. Might not be any difference there. Just because of statistical uh, uh, random um, you know, stats will show up more in the side of the ball that um, you're terrible in uh, versus... Uh, you're eliminating the any statistical, well, not any, obviously, but you're eliminating it as much as possible the statistical randomness of a crappy team beating you on the elite side of the ball. If you can't follow that, that's fine. I, I I'm not really talking about it in an organized fashion. But um, and then, if if you want to build up, um, you know, if you're in a categories league with with the elite hitting, uh, then you you, you go. Um, a whole bunch of uh, guys that you didn't pay for, uh, that you didn't draft, you didn't pay any capital for, 
um, but are you pay attention with closermonkey.com and you pay attention to the closer depth charts and you get Paul Seawald, who's been a great closer. You get, uh, you know, whomever. Uh, you stash Andrew uh, Munoz, who's now been a great reliever, might get you a couple of wins. You know, like like you find ways uh, to do that um, and, and uh, get ratios and some wins and whatever and yes I believe there still are fewer pop-up starting pitchers who are going to go six innings or at least five innings or at least who are going to contribute meaningfully in um, the uh, ERA whip um, strikeouts and wins or uh, quality starts as a replacement Um, then then there are hitters who are going to contribute and be in the lineup every day however uh, or or you know bat not ninth or eighth, um, unless they're in really great lineups. But um, but you can still do it, and um, you know to some extent, a hitter is more valuable in some ways. Like it goes back and forth. Like a pitcher, um, can, a starting pitcher, if you have six, is definitely more valuable than your uh, starting hitter, right? Because in one way, because you have one-sixth, or let's say your relievers combined to contribute, you know, one-seventh of the total stats. So one-sixth of your ratios and totals, or one-seventh of your ratios and totals uh, for five categories are by one starting pitcher, right? So that's 14% is going to be, your starting pitcher is going to contribute 14% to five categories. Your hitter is going to contribute either 10 or 11% to five categories. However, um, they don't contribute to saves. They contribute 14%, uh, 14, 15% your starting pitchers to uh, four categories, really. And if you have a five-category stud, uh, in, um, in, uh, which you can't have in starting pitching, on offense, obviously, as a hitter, that can be more valuable than a four-category stud um, in, in the starting pitching. So, you got to play those games. Listen, to be really, really good, you have to be as obsessed as I'm talking about. To uh, do what I'm doing, you probably have to be on some sort of stimulant to follow uh, my fast and disorganized and unorganized way of communicating this strategy in order to follow the strategy or implement it, rather. Um, but I think for those of you who catch the gist of what I'm saying, uh, it's all part of the bigger plan of exploiting every possible thing uh, necessary, uh, every variable to, to get an edge. Um, I'm the psychopath who, um, and, and I don't do this shit anymore, but uh, I once tried to trade, um, who was it, uh, Trevor Richards, to somebody um, hoping they would think it was Trevor Rogers breaking out last year. Um, and uh, I once tried to, so I made it like a, you know, a Trevor Richards for, uh, you know, somebody almost as, almost as good a hitter as Trevor Rogers in a dynasty league too. That's a scumbag move. Um, I also uh, tried to, back when I played in Yahoo in a home league nonetheless, I didn't like the kid, but I tried to, uh, it was a daily league, as I think all Yahoo leagues are, and uh, I tried to uh, lock their Yahoo account the uh, day before they could make uh, moves 
for the last day of a, a playoff thing by trying to sign into their Yahoo account like 15 times. I thought it would lock getting in. It didn't do that. But um, So, you know, I, I'm the scumbag who does that shit. Uh, I don't do that anymore. But you got to kind of be a psychopath like that. I would also like to put a plug in uh, for this wonderful group um, who is on uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, the Willow Street Babies. Uh, they are not what they sound. They are uh, not babies, but the Willow Street Babies are a group of people uh, who get together uh, every day and donate their time um, uh, with a different activity, sometimes the same activity, but with a different activity. Um, usually there is a lot of variety in the activities that they choose on a daily basis uh, for how they can make their community better in the smallest and uh, largest of ways. Uh, the Willow Street Babies um, is a wonderful group and I encourage you to look them up uh, and or start your own branch. Recommended moves expressed in Fantasy Baseball Disrupted are not recommended. Implementing these moves may result in Fantasy Baseball failure. No content of Fantasy Baseball value has been expressed in the FBD preceding podcast. Is that it? That's the whole show. Pitiful.